You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Michael Short from was-pro.com. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's great to run into you. Um, I've seen Michael around at several uh, WordPress-related and business-related events. Um, he's an entrepreneur, a visionary. He's got a vision on the future, which I'm super excited about. Um, WordPress is what it is, and then there's like this traditional software as a service known as SaaS. You're a leader in what's called WAS, which is WordPress as a service. Just in terms of, uh, you know, we I come from the LMS industry where we have a lot of TLAs, which are three-letter acronyms. What does what SaaS mean? What does WAS mean? Take us to school. Sure, sure. So software as a service is essentially, uh, rather than downloading software, it's all inside the cloud. And so similarly with the WAS, it's setting up a process in which people can sign up to your solution and be able to um, just get a website without much interaction with the company or without with the salespeople. So that's kind of what the WAS is. And we do it utilizing WordPress multi-site at this time. That's cool. So how does, um, how is, you know, the, the WAS different than SaaS? Like what, what are some example projects that are out in the in the wild that people might run into or see out there? For for WAS? Yeah, for WAS. Like what's an example and then explain how it works. What it sure, does and right. how it works. Yeah. So the biggest WAS actually set up on um, WordPress is actually WordPress.com. They're the biggest WAS that there's out there. Um, but outside of that, you have Wix, you have GoDaddy, you have Squarespace, um, Shopify, all of those are considered websites as a service. They all are providing a service. You just sign up to their platform, you pick your templates, and you're off to the races, redesigning and customizing the site to your own specific needs. And so that's exactly what we're building. Was we're helping you create something like that, like a Wix, but using WordPress. That's super cool. Uh, I believe it was Brian Castle. He's talked about it on a lot of podcasts. You know, Brian. Yep. yep. He had something called Restaurant Engine, which mm -hmm. is. I, I think it was powered by WordPress partially, or maybe it was, but it was like where restaurants could sign up and they could get a, a pre-done restaurant site that they could then configure and match their brand and their menu items and stuff like that. So that's kind of an example, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the benefit, I mean, the real benefit of OAS is that you can scale your business really fast because once you have the set, it all set up, someone, you can literally sell like a hundred sites in a day and not really have to worry too much about like support tickets or, but if you did like the traditional um, agency model, if, if you got a hundred clients in a day, unless you have a huge agency, like to actually fulfill those needs, it's going to, there's just no way. But with this, they just go and pick out their template and they're off to the races and handling everything themselves. So it's kind of cool because it's a, it's an easy and efficient way to, to grow. Yeah. There's a saying that the best, uh, software or SaaS companies evolve out of services. So when there's a bunch of like repeatable things happening or patterns that just keep happening, you know, you can start automating that and eventually that becomes software as a service. Mm -hmm. What are, what are some examples like in the learning context or the coaching industry? Like what's, what's a, if somebody wanted to do a niche 
uh, training platform, what would an example of that be that would be a WAS? Yeah, we have actually people inside of our Facebook group, which is WAS Pro Developer Network, um, based, that are targeting actually coaches. And so they're trying to figure out how to create the, an LMS within their, net, their WAS. So uh, coaches are one. Um, any type of training, I guess, would be even not just coaches, but like if you have, if your customers have their own product or their own services that they want to ha- create courses around, I mean, it's, it's a perfect opportunity for them to, for you to create a WAS around that. Absolutely. That's awesome. In the online education space, some popular SASs are um, Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi. Yeah. So a WAS is like having your own version of that, but on WordPress. It's kind of like you get to have your cake and eat it too. You have this like SaaS company, but you also get to own it. Um, and you get to leverage the incredible power uh, and community of WordPress, which is kind of mind-blowing when I think about it. There's a saying I like, I've heard said that uh, at least in business, if you want to go fast or go far or go big, you got to build the machine that builds the machine. And um, it's one thing to make a course, but what if you make a platform for other people to make courses and lots of them? It's kind of like the gold rush with the you know the pickaxes or whatever. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what it is. And that's that's we once we saw that we just jumped on it and we started you know looking into how can we make that process even better so like the first thing we did is there's a plugin called wp ultimo so first thing actually the first thing we did is we obviously discovered multi-site and that's kind of a scary thing i think a lot of wordpress developers that may have heard of it especially when you're installing your wordpress it asks if it's a multi-site but i don't think many know exactly what that is or the benefits of it even more so than anything they might know that yeah, it's a single install you can do multiple sites on it but why why would i want that and so the reason obviously now what we're talking about is being able to provide a service like this that they can scale quickly and efficiently if you have the right tools in place and so one of those tools that i'm starting to mention was the wp ultimo which is a foundational tool to set that up so you can create plans um subscriptions and all of those sort of things and, and also create templates that your customers can select so that's like the, the foundational fundamental um plugin that you would want to use for creating a was and then as we got into it, we started looking at different things that um, areas that needed more help, like things that weren't already in place. For example, the first thing, the first actual plugin we created was called um, the WP Ultimo Thrivecart integration. We wanted the ability to have during that ordering process, as they were selecting their templates and everything, and setting up their site. We want to have the order bump in that process and upsells and downsells because there's other features and other things that you could sell uh, as services that you can sell for your agency. So, like you know, this is just a foot in the door opportunity. Um, because you can scale it too, you can lower your prices. You don't have to be in $2,500, $5,000 websites. You can be 67 bucks a month is what we charge for ours. I mean, every, every niche has different pricing range based off what their niche is willing to spend. But I mean, it really is a way to, to get into more people's businesses and then offer everything else that you do. It's, a, it's an amazing business model. So if you create a WAS and, um, does the end customer, uh, do they ever see the back end of WordPress or are they always on the front end or both? Like what, how does that work in terms of you've already like kind of given them a certain stack that fulfills a certain business niche. What level of customization do they have? What can they do? What can they not do? Yeah. So obviously everybody's going to have, because there's different people having building WASs out now. Um, and so everyone's going to have a different, slightly different strategy, but the majority of them are allowing them into the dashboard area. And then from there you have 
restrictions. Like for example, we created a plugin called Site Settings Pro that eliminates the need for our for our end users to have to access the customizer. Because one of the challenges that we thought that we faced was that the end user is in, they're busy doing their business, whatever that might be, and they're not web developers. And so in order for you know when you get into a WordPress website, you have three different areas to customize your your um, content. And so you have the customizer, you have the dashboard, and you have the front end page builder. So for them, it's like, I just want to change my logo. Where the heck do I go to do that? Like there's three different areas and it gets real confusing real fast. And so what we try to do is create tools to bring it all within the dashboard. Um, so Site Settings Pro is one of those tools. So there we've taken out the customizer. You can change your logo. You can put your company information there. Colors, fonts, all that stuff is right inside the dashboard. And then we have short codes that you can place them into your um, templates so that way when they fill out the information it automatically gets applied all the way across the board uh, to their to the website so it's really cool in that way yeah that's a that's amazing I think there's a um, sort of a misconception in the WordPress world especially if you've been around it for a little while that it's easy anybody can do it uh, I mean I feel like I know how to drive WordPress but it's uh, I've been using it for 10 years and I remember and I'm not a developer I'm just a power user but like when I see new people using it, there's a big learning curve. So, and especially it's only 10 years old. So, and even though this is like, it powers like a third of the internet or whatever, um, there's still a lot of opportunity for other businesses to come on board, leverage the technology, but not get stuck in the weeds and become a WordPress power user to get the benefits. And there's tools like Wix and Weebly and Squarespace that, you know, people like, but the the options are so limited and they're not necessarily niched and all these different cool applications. Um, I love that idea of simplifying. Like, like, just think about the end user if you're thinking about building a WASP because the opportunity is quite large. Your customer is not necessarily the WordPress community. There's all these other people out there. And if you go to work, WordPress events and you're in WordPress Facebook groups, it feels like everybody understands WordPress. But most of the time, that's not the case. Right? Yeah, so true, so true. I actually went to a product launch formula um, event, which is by, by Jeff Walker, who yep. I, many of you guys know about. Um, but basically when I was there, the, one of the first things they have you do is like meet your neighbor and talk about what your idea is, what product are you going to try to launch and that kind of stuff. And and obviously many of them are not anywhere near the WordPress space. They're just, they have their own, whether it's training courses, and most of them are pretty much training courses, but in all types of niches and they're not web developers. So this is actually an opportunity for people to get in to help those trainers coaches but even then they can actually i'd like to build it so that these guys can have their own asses as well because they have a large audience like for example i might have mentioned to you that um i came across one lady who did she had a huge following in blog space for knitting and so like they all want to be like her they want to have their own blog they all want to like show off their their knitting stuff that they're doing what better thing for her to offer her customers? Like, look, this is blog is created just for knitting. This is what I use for my thing. And it'll help you get more exposure and get more customers and all that stuff. It just seems to it, it make sense for her to add that as a, an offering in her product line. So it's just, there's so many things. It's not just for web developers. It's for anyone that, you know, has an audience really. Build a machine that builds a machine that builds a machine. That's awesome. And there's incredible leverage in that. And, um, you know, sometimes I listen to podcasts where, people in the SaaS space in my niche and training and coaching and stuff like that will, uh, they share all their numbers and everything like that. That's like a trend in Silicon Valley to like, just be totally transparent. And some of these like SaaS's for like coach coaching or courses, 
are they they have pretty large user bases and i'm thinking like why aren't why are why aren't more people using the wordpress option and i think it's because it's hard and it's uh it's not as approachable as if we inside the industry may think it is um but yeah. so I, I just see the opportunity and i can back it up by the numbers of what i see out there where and then i hear the same people complaining about the lack of flexibility and power and control and everything which mm-hmm. there's a lot of middle ground that that's really wide open for the WAS community, especially in learning and coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Like any niche for really, because like those like Wix and Squarespace and all of those, they have limitations on what tool sets that, you know, they offer to their customers. And so like, even if it's photography, I know a lot of them are based on photography, but there might be some tools or some plugins that you could put in place that they don't even offer. You know, there's just like way more opportunity for you to build something that's specific and, and useful for your, the niche than, your, than they would get from a Wix or a Squarespace. So my, you know, there's some people that, you know, their strategy is going to be trying to build something a WAS like a Squarespace or Wix where you're all things to all people. Um, you can certainly do that. I wouldn't recommend it though, because it's just, that's, that's one of the, I think the most beneficial things about a WAS too, from an agency perspective, it makes you kind of forces you to pick a niche and niching down is a, not a bad thing. It's actually a really great thing because now you know how to target your audience. You know exactly what their needs are. You really get to hone down on everything so that when they see your offering, they know that that's, that's, they understand my needs. They understand where I've been or what I need to have on my website and all that kind of stuff. So I think it makes it much for a much more, much easier sale. Yeah, totally. I just, I'm an idea person and I've spent a lot of time in the learning space and I can't possibly execute on all the ideas that I have. So I'm giving you this listening, some WAS ideas in the learning space. We have lots of different use cases or business cases, uh, people using Lifter LMS to build these types of sites. I'm going to give you five right here if you're listening. Um, One is just the traditional course and uh, training-based membership site. Uh, That's the most popular uh, version of what people use Lifter for. You could build a WAS around that. There's a um, blended learning situation where people are, they have in-person classes and events, and they they also have online components. Some people call that the flipped classroom. You could build a WAS around that. Um, One of the questions we get all the time is, how do I build a Udemy clone? I'm like, all right, you can do that. You can do that with Lifter. You can do it this way. You can do it this way with our e-commerce system, or you can do it with integrate WooCommerce, use the multi-vendor plugin, and add an affiliate program, and boom, you just you just built uh, Udemy, and it was they had like seven million dollars in funding to get off the ground, and you did it for I don't know five hundred bucks in plugins, um, but it's still hard to set up because you're combining all these tools. But if you made if somebody wanted to make a niche Udemy site. Um, like a course marketplace for, uh, you know, in a certain topic area, like you mentioned arts and crafts, like knitting, like an Etsy style, like, you know, niche Udemy, you can do that. You could build a WAS around that. Then there's internal training. This is where companies, um, there's, there's big companies using Lifter LMS to document internal training inside their uh, businesses. And that's, they don't care about e-commerce. They just care about retaining the knowledge inside their organization so their needs are a little different and they're all about locking it down. They don't want, this isn't, uh, it has to be super like tight. There's a whole niche around that. Then there's the entire continuing education or CEU uh, niche where, or use case where people are 
you know, specialize in certain industry, continuing education, credit, earning things. And, and they have particular needs. They need a particular stack of plugins and particular type of tracking. You could build a WAS around that. So for those of you, and within all five of those, there's also, let's to go with the three big niches. Um, uh, wealth, you know, and finance is one. Then you can do um, health and fitness. That's another one. And then there's all the relationship and personal development stuff. So there's 15 ideas out there for people to do uh, if you want to build a WAS. I would encourage you to join um, Michael's Facebook group. What's it called again? It's the WAS Pro Developer Network if you search that up. Yeah, it's actually a different name, but that's the uh, URL. So it'll find it. Yeah, that's cool. Search WAS Pro, you'll find it. Yeah, I see this train coming. Like this is a this is a really um I mean the, the the technology evolves and really it's all about removing friction and making it that's what WordPress did in the beginning with publishing and it's evolved into all these other things, e-commerce, LMS, whatever, directories, all these different things, forums that you can do now where you don't have to, you know, code a site from scratch, but we're getting to the point where SaaS is on the table. It's just really, uh, really interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. There's so much that we could do with this. One of the things that, you know, what we try to do with our plugins is to make it more like a SaaS-like experience. So for example, we just recently came out with one called Reduce Churn Pro. So if someone goes to cancel their subscription, rather than just letting them cancel and be done, we're taking them through a feedback funnel and just asking them the questions like, what did we do wrong? How can we improve? What was your experience? That kind of stuff. And so if nothing, if you can't salvage the relationship through that process, then at least you can get the feedback to improve your services. So it's just trying to take the things, the tools that um, are available within SaaS and make those available for people that are creating a WAS. So there's, a, we have, we have quite a few, we have over 20, I think it's about 22 plugins now. We're releasing two more this week. So it's, it's getting, getting there is going to give you all the tools. Like for example, we just came out with the one for Lifter LMS where you can rebrand it. And um, I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Why yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. talk about rebranding or um, white labeling and why that's important. And yeah, go for it. Absolutely. So if you think about the, the WASs that are out there, the big guys, like the Wix and Squarespace that we're talking about, if you jump into their systems, you're not going to see like an LMS by so-and-so and a a form builder by so-and-so like different plugins or different different tools you're going to see specifically it's just all around their unified brand and so that's what we want to create within the WAS experience it's not that we're trying to hide great tools like yours you know the names behind them in many cases you know that transparency is also good because it just shows that you're using tools that are top-notch premium tools in the marketplace but in the case of a WAS like, I think the majority of those customers don't even know they never even experienced WordPress or very few of them have I would say I'm sure some have but point being is just that they don't know they don't know what they don't know so it's better to just keep it so that they don't get distracted by all these other tools and what is this and what is that instead of if you create it around your own brand and image and logo then they just think you created a massive system that you you had funding for five million dollars or whatever it is to to build something like a Wix or whatever so that's why we've we've actually a big part of what we're doing is building a lot of rebranding plugins now um and so that way, whatever tools you want to include, at least you can start implementing them with a, your own your own image, your own brand. And also, I want to point out too that all of our plugins actually work on single sites as well. So even if you're working on your own thing and you just want your your back end, you have customers access it for one reason or another, um, you can rebrand using our tools as well. So that's kind of a neat thing because. Um, you know, it's not always all about multi-site. We want everyone to get the most use out of our plugins. There's only th like three plugins that we have that are specific to multi-site. 
Uh, the two of them are integration, direct integrations with WP Ultima, which is a multi-site deal. And then the third one is uh, License Activator Pro, what basically allows you to, there's certain plugins out there that you would have to um, install the license on every in, new install of a subsite. And so our License Activator Pro allows you to put the um, license in one time and then it automatically will apply it to every new subsite install. That's awesome. And that's, check out all these plugins. They're at was-pro.com. Um, yeah, rebranding and stuff. It's all part of the, the WordPress and the GPL thing, the right to modify, redistribute or whatever. It's about, I mean, people can do whatever they want with your, I mean, there's some stipulations to it or whatever, but it's, uh, it's just part of open source software and it's cool to see other plugins interacting with other plugins and creating a unique experience. It's awesome. Yeah, create an ecosystem around a plugin is even cool too. Like yeah. you know, several plugins around the Lifter LMS, which is really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, I see this conversation coming up more and more, especially in um, so open source software where um, we're not so much doing it alone. The more you focus on the ecosystem and not like, how can I add the most value? But if it's like, who can we partner with and who can we create triple wins for between other companies and the shared customer overlap? Like where, where are those Venn diagrams overlapping? Those are the companies that grow the fastest. Their customers have the most options. Their brands are the most defensible. Um, I, that's something I look for when I evaluate tools in the WordPress space anyways is like, how's the ecosystem around this product? I mean, look at something like WooCommerce. I don't know how many WooCommerce add-ons there are, but it's pretty established. It would be pretty hard to disrupt WooCommerce. I'm not saying it's not possible, but also for the end user, Whatever they want to do with WooCommerce, there's probably an add-on for that. I mean, they can always get custom coding done, but um, it's it's crazy how big their ecosystem is. Yeah, it is. It's super crazy. And then you look at like Gravity Forms, and I think that's why they're still successful because of their ecosystem. It's like you said, you know, it's hard to knock someone down when you have a nice, solid ecosystem. Absolutely. Keep listening. This podcast is not over. This is just a special message about this episode's sponsor, WP Tonic Managed WordPress LMS Hosting. Think of it as everything you need to have a professional online course training platform right out of the box, ready to go. Find out more about WP Tonic's Managed WordPress LMS Hosting by going to lifterlikes.com forward slash tonic. Now back to the show. Um, and I, I just want to go back to what you said earlier about wordpress.com. For those of you that, it's, it is a little confusing, so I'll just do a quick explainer. Wordpress.org is the, you know, the free WordPress that you really don't download it from .org anymore because the hosting companies make it easy to have a start with a blank WordPress site. But that version of WordPress is um, wordpress.org. Then there is a uh, wordpress.com, which is like a quote hosted version of WordPress where you sign up for a free account on wordpress.com. And then they have paid plans that um, does things like you can put your own domain name on it or whatever, or like, and, uh, and lots of other features that, that come with the paid accounts. And then they have a VIP level for big enterprise customers or whatever. Um, so, like, WAS has really been around from the beginning of WordPress, which is fascinating. Really <laughs> um, can you speak to that at all, like, around the freemium model? Like, if you're going to do a WAS, do you recommend having a free entry point, or is that dangerous? Uh, 
What do you think? Yeah, personally, I think it's a little dangerous because there's like you have to go in and clean out your database often when you have tire kickers. We also found, like from a marketing perspective, um, in my from my experience too, is that when you people that want things for free are not always the ones that are willing to put, spend the money ultimately at the end of the day. Like they're just looking for free things and they're just going to collect free things forever. So you know what you really obviously want are actual paying customers, and so it's best to even charge them a dollar. If they're not willing to even pull their wallet out for a dollar, then you're probably not a customer that you want to have. And that way, at least you're, you know, you know who you can like weed out the people that are not serious about, you know, what it is you're offering. So that, that would be my recommendation. There's, there's a lot that goes into like cleaning up the database and getting rid of all the plans or subscriptions that are not um, actually paying. And it, it's kind of a, at, at this point in time anyways, maybe, you know, we'll be able to plug in or something in the future that will uh, help automate that process but as of now it's all manual and it's not a manual process that i really care to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good good advice you brought up marketing alas um you know free is like a marketing thing that people do but what other advice do you have for people for marketing alas i know that's a big question but uh (laughs) if if i was doing a knitting was like a knitting education was or whatever how would i go about marketing my my was well, there's obviously several channels to market something. So, I mean, you could do Facebook advertising and target your specific niche or audience. Um, but outside of that, you can create a Facebook group and become a, and either create one or, and or join uh, other Facebook groups that are within that niche and just become a per- key person of influence and just let them know what it is that you're doing and just be helpful. And that tends to get people over to your product or services, whether it's a WAS or anything else for that matter. I guess it all really kind of crosses over, right? Like any kind of marketing is going to help with the WAS. I mean, I've even, with our WAS, we, um, we, we target the auto care industry and I've even made cold calls and that's been very successful. So another thing too is partnerships. Um, that's talking about ours, auto care. Like we found people that do teach like training courses on, on how to do paintless dent repair. And so we've partnered with them and, and offering their students the ability to have a website for a fraction of the cost. And then they become our affiliate partner and they make a little bit of money off of it. And so it gives them incentive to do it as well so if you create partnerships and other non-competing um companies that can bring that have an audience that can bring customers to yours that makes sense then that's a good way of doing it as well what's uh what's your auto care site like uh like what what does it what problem does it solve is it like i have a i'm a mechanic shop and i need a website kind of thing and i want to take appointments or what does it do Exactly, all of that. So it's mechanics, it's auto, um, auto detailers, paintless dent repair technicians, uh, car washes, things like that. And we focus on the, the t- tools and features that they need. So we have an estimator, a pro estimator, that basically their customers can take pictures of their damage for like, like the body shops or the paintless dent repair guys. And they take pictures in multiple locations and it t- shows them exactly how to do it. And then they get the notification and they, it's just a whole complete process that we created for them. Um, we also recently actually are starting to integrate it with, with uh, Groundhog, if you're familiar with that plugin. Yeah. Um, so that's a CRM that software. And so we're actually making automations now that will just make, make it so that they don't have to figure out how to create those funnels or automations in their own business that we already have them pre-done, pre-selected, and we charge them a lot more money for those, you know, so, but we do the work once and now we can duplicate that over several times and these guys are getting a discounted deal because they're getting a full-on stack system and they're not having to pay the resources to actually create that. They're just paying us monthly to utilize our services. 
That's really brilliant. And that's the, I mean, I think that is a good example of the big opportunity. When you think about Main Street of any town or whatever, let's say at least 5,000 person town or something, and there's a lot of those in the US and beyond, mm-hmm. um, what kind of businesses are there? You know, there's a pizza, sh- there's a pizza company, there's auto repair, there's laundromat, there's, uh, I, don't, I mean, I could go on and on, I won't list every business in the town. You got gardeners and house cleaners and I mean, there's just so many different, so many different opportunities to reach out. And I, it really comes back down to like being able to solve their specific problems. You know, obviously these people can go on a Wix or Squarespace and get something for free or for very super cheap. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't recommend even competing on their price level either. I think you, when you cheapen, you know, cheapen your services if you're trying to like compete on price. Obviously they got us beat on price. They probably have us beat on their customer service. We don't, and most of us probably can't do 24-7 tech support or anything like that. And so how do you compete with these big guys, you know, like GoDaddy or whatever? Um, and I think that's due by just super niching and just really giving them a, a, a service or a feature set that they really, really need and understanding them. I think that's what really people want. They want convenience. They want to know that they're understood and they want, you know, the kind of tools that are going to get them where they need to go faster. They don't want to build that stuff out. You know what? I've actually learned through my experience of our WAS Auto Care. We used to have it where it was a DIY. They just sign up, they go get their thing, and then they just put their own content, their own images, their own logo, all that stuff. And as easy as we feel that we made it, the process for them, they still, like three months down the line was usually the target at the time. We found that we got a lot of churn because people just, they get busy in their day and they don't have the time to do it. No matter how easy it is to do, it still, it still takes time. It's still collecting that information and, and putting it up there and trying to figure out where the tools work and stuff. And it just get, I can see how it could be frustrating for a non-web developer. And so what we've done is we require a setup process in ours and, and we use it from a marketing perspective too. Like we what basically our setup process for us is $4.99 and it's required. But if you buy, if you pay in advance, so our, our, our average cost is 67 bucks a month. And so that comes out to, I don't know math, but it, it, if you pay 12 months, we give two months for free. So 670 bucks and we waive the $4.99. So it's like a total no brainer. They're like for 670 bucks and I don't have to pay the $500 to set up too. I'm going to get it. And so, and what that does for us is it allows us to keep our customers for at least a year and allow, make sure that they get on the system and they're not canceling right away. And they get, and it makes them happy because we're, we're doing the work then, which only really takes us five, 10 minutes, maybe 15 at most to implement the changes that they need us to change because we built a system that is that easy, especially for us to do. So, I mean, you're making, it's just easy to way to uh, scale and make money quickly. Are you doing that setup live on a call with them or just, just for them off the call? Here's they the don't, funny thing. Yeah. yeah th- what we've done is we created a, a plugin called Settings Wizard Pro. It ties in <laughs> with our site Settings Pro and, yeah. and, and, and pitching all these different things. But this is the thing that we've made and why we made them. So what they do is when they're going through the sales process, after they've paid, we've added this extra wizard. So we have the wizard that in the initial setup process, they're going through the WP Ultimo wizard that's like, what's your, what's your website? What's your company name? All that stuff. And then after they pay, we don't want to ask them too many questions. In our, my opinion, like in experience, you don't want to ask too much before you get to the checkout, before you get the money. So once you get the money, all right, now that we're here, let's get you set up. So what's, what's your company details? What's, uh, what's the font that you like to use? What's your logo? What's the, some content? You know, all these different things we ask them up front. So that way our team actually just gets it. And it's much, most of it is actually already automatically implemented into their site through short code. So it's all just done like automatically and we're just maybe tweaking a couple of things. That's why it only takes us 10, 15 minutes to actually set up a site for a client, which if they don't go with the six, uh, $670 one-time fee deal, 
and they do pay us the four ninety nine, we're making good money. I mean, it's for fifteen minutes, five hundred dollars for fifteen minutes is not bad. I think that's a brilliant way for, to create a win win for everybody. The customer gets a onboarding experience that's going to reduce churn. Um, you're able to get the annual uh, upfront as opposed to being on the monthly treadmill. And the customer gets a better experience because they're definitely going to be set up correctly, ready to roll, and they're not going to have to worry about paying. And they can just, fo at the end of the year, they can focus on, well, how much value, how many leads or whatever did I get from this website it becomes a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. They probably renew annually again and you're on to uh, infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Compounding. Yeah, that's... That's super cool. And I think a lot of people, what's really interesting about this conversation to me, especially in the web space, is people, if you're building sites for clients it's, or selling products, it's easy to get reactive. But what most of everything we're talking about here is proactive. Like we've already thought a lot about what they need. We're putting a solution in front of them. We're removing friction. And even like the um, setup experience, I think a lot of uh, services miss that where we used to call it when we did it, we would call it hyper care. So like right after it launches, we do all this stuff to make sure they're successful and super attentive and make sure that they get activated into the new site or web application or whatever is really important. And people think about customer support, but more than they think about customer success, really customer support is under, it's a job under customer success, which is a bigger picture. Like, how do we make how do we get the customer to the value as quickly as possible? That's what reduces churn and makes people happy and reduces support and everything. So I I love what you're doing there. Yeah. And uh anybody who builds websites for a living, especially if you've done it for a while and you've kind of you end up developing, I'm not me personally, I'm not a natural designer, but over time I've developed a, you know, I can tell a good design when I see one, even if it's not my personally my style. But it always amazes me when I'm traveling and I go to a website, like how old or outdated or how bad the design is. Mm -hmm. So you can, uh, it's not like this has all been done before. For me, this looks like this, the world is just waiting. <laughs> yeah, oyster for sure. Absolutely. And that's, an, and that's the good thing about web design as well. Obviously, you can, you can see who needs a website very clearly and easily and you can get their contact information and you can make the call. You can get tele, telemarketers to make those calls for you. I mean, there's just so many ways to, to, I mean, the first thing is obviously you need to build this foundational platform. And once yeah. you have all the pieces in place and then the selling part, I think is the easy part, honestly. Yeah. And if you pick a niche, like a small niche, not like a general niche, but like, let's say you're doing guitar teachers and main street, main street guitar teachers, like that's a niche you can target with a Facebook ad. And I talk a lot about this concept of, um, what people need to get results and transformation, which is what people are really buying when you're selling or marketing a course or membership site, they need more than a course. I call it course plus. So there's course plus coaching, community services, productized services, software, physical products. You don't need everything, but there's usually a stack. So there's a big opportunity in what we're talking about here. Like if you're a business coach for uh, Main Street Guitar Teachers, you you can help them be successful uh, and you can also deliver a website solution that's going to get you that recurring value onto the future and help them get more leads and have, there's all kinds of stuff you could add, other services you could add around that because you're super focused on that that particular niche. 
Yeah. And they'll appreciate it that much more too, because they see that you're super focused on them and they feel like, you know, this guy obviously knows what he's doing and he can help us out. So it makes a big difference than being like all things to all people and going somewhere like, oh, we also have guitar ones and you also have knitting ones over here. That, that, that doesn't speak to most people, you know? Yeah. So, but and if you're going to do that, build separate brands. Like, I mean, yeah. you can, once you've got it on lock, okay, well then go do the laundromats or whatever. Like I tend to, I find just being around a lot of entrepreneurs, there's like the serial entrepreneurs that keep moving around. And I'm actually more of a deep dive. Like I'm going a million miles deep. I have laser focus and it's not better or worse, but the serial people, this is a big opportunity because once you figure it out, you can just change the niche slightly or jump to a completely different vertical and do it again. <laughs> and then only have to change a few things out and then you're like off to the races. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Network set up. Yeah. That's cool. Well, um, your your uh, company, the core company is called Blitz Industries. Mm-hmm. You've done services and now you do WAS. Can you tell us just a little bit of the backstory of how you transitioned? Or like how if somebody's doing services and they want to get into the WAS world, like what's it like or how do you go from services to WAS? Yeah, well, when I started, there was not much out there for us, right? Even the tools weren't there. But now we're actually, um, by the time you watch this, we have launched a... A training we call we call WAS Camp, and so you can get learn about the planning stages, the the publishing it, how to create it using step by step the tools that we recommend, and then the how do you promote that? And so that's what our training covers. Um, and then outside of that, you got the tools that we have. But that's I mean, it's there's different ways of skin a rabbit, but I think um, we kind of got it dialed in now. You can either spend a lot of time trying to figure it out yourself, or just kind of go with what's already been proven and and go from there. So. Yeah, once you see a lot of patterns, I mean, this is the thing with like um, making a course. If you're doing services, you can so you can get to the point where you can help somebody do it themselves. But there's more than just DIY courses that evolve out of your service offering. Um, you can also get the same results for your clients through you know web technology, whether that's lead gen or whatever, and get yourself out of the way, get them on a monthly recurring plan on your software technology. It's super cool. Yeah. Well, Mike, Michael Short, he's from was-pro.com. That's W-A-A-S. Check out WAS Camp and uh, also join his Facebook group. I've been, seeing it, I've been seeing it grow. I've been watching the awesome conversations and you're a super um, engaged op- entrepreneur and with your community, which I really appreciate. That's been the secret to part of our growth and also I think product market fit because we really listen to our customers and we want to make sure we're solving the right problems and on pace and everything like that. Also check out rebrand lifter LMS pro. Is there any other final words you have for the people? No, I think we're good. I think we covered everything. I appreciate you having me on and this has been fun. Awesome. Well, Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, we definitely will. Sounds great. And that's a wrap. For this episode of LMS Cast, I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.